Hello, party people. Today, I have a really exciting guest here with me. She's a body positivity influencer and activist who I have loved over the past couple of years. Um, I've loved not only watching this creator grow, but also the content itself and how she really focuses on fat liberation and body positivity in media spaces and just really has tough conversations that are somewhat controversial that a lot of people don't want to have. So welcome to Everything You Need Is Within, Raffaella Mancuso. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, that was such a lovely introduction. Thank you for the hype. I appreciate it deeply. I'm stoked that we can chat today. Oh my goodness gracious. Me too. Literally, like I said, my team is obsessed with you. So that's a good, that's good. Um, I wanted to start the episode off by talking a little bit about who you are and how, like what is your background, basically. Then we'll take a deeper dive down the road into the specifics of social media. But for now, I want this to focus on you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, every time I feel like I have to like explain myself, I have like a small identity crisis. Like, who am I? No, no, uh, no pressure, like, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure, but like, what's your entire life about, Rafaela? Yeah. Uh, Canadian kid in Alberta. Uh, grew up fat and mentally ill. Didn't know about the mentally ill part until much, much later. Knew about the fat part very well. And, uh, yeah, but I went to university, I have a degree in psychology mm -hmm. and then I decided that not decided, but like school was super hard for me. Um, just with like kind of undiagnosed mental illnesses. And I was like, I can't do any more school. I'm out. And now I don't do anything related to psychology. Here we are. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's definitely really interesting when you go to school for one thing and you're like, I don't do anything that's related. But actually, in hindsight, you use like psychology to create content that actually is captivating and catches people's attention and moves certain narratives forward. So maybe you are using it more than you think. It's just not in a technical way. Yeah. That's such I, a good point. It's because <laughs> psychology is kind of like an everyday kind of thing anyways, like dealing with people and yeah. Yeah. I mean, even using, thinking about the way that we speak about certain things, the way that we even design, um, you know, LinkedIn posts, Instagram captions, TikTok videos, um, down to also how we build apps and how people interact with different uh, products even. It's all about the psychology of what's going to actually trigger us to make an impulse to to take action some way or another. So anyhow, that's my weird quirky tangent of the day um, <laughs> on innovation, I guess. Um, but again, that is so awesome. Would you be able to tell us a little bit more, like you said, about growing up fat or plus size? I don't know what kind of language you prefer. And if if you do prefer one over the other, would you be able to explain to us like how you came to that like identification because I think a lot of times plus size or like curvy is a blanket statement um sometimes and also there's the whole concept of the word fat being derogatory uh that happens so would you be able to go a little bit more into depth here about that yeah totally and that's a really great question and if people ever feel uncomfortable and not sure about what word to use like I definitely recommend just asking how people like to identify themselves um right. so like yeah fat was always a word that was like weaponized against us forever always hated it and it wasn't until actually finding other like fat plus size creators on Instagram TikTok uh using and reclaiming the term fat that I was like oh oh, maybe I don't have to hate this word anymore. Maybe I don't have to cringe mm -hmm. every time I hear it. As I said, it's always, always been such a negative thing, whether it's directed yeah. at you or something you just hear in the media or in your family. Um, so yeah, growing up, definitely, I didn't like the word fat. I even wasn't okay with myself. Like I was very deeply like 
ashamed of myself and my body and I thought it was my fault that I was that way and I thought that you know my life couldn't start until I was thin like I like everything I possibly could I thought it was my life goal to be thin and I would never be happy I would never be accepted until I was thin um and that's just not how my body is designed I am not meant to be thin um I've done all the really horrible harmful things to try to be as small as I can and even at my very very smallest I was still like a size 14 and incredibly malnourished and you know that still like wasn't enough for people even at my like sickest and so now I'm I've been doing so much on learning about okay it's not the fatness that's the problem it's not me that's the problem it's how I'm perceived it's how I am treated by the world around me it's also how I'm treating myself with so much disgust and hatred and shame instead of actually taking care of myself in the body that I'm in so now yeah I identify as like you know being within fat spaces like I'm a fat woman that's typically not my first thing I say to people though because I find if you say like oh yeah I'm fat people immediately feel discomfort and they're like oh my god no you're not fat you're you're pretty or something right or you're not fat you're just you're just thick or chubby or you know it makes people uncomfortable so they try to like soothe themselves by telling you like oh no no that's not what you are so typically when I'm speaking with people in life like outside of like fat liberation spaces I typically say like I'm living in a larger body because no one can say no you're not (laughs) and so I feel like that's maybe my way of soothing others Mm -hmm. I guess of like hey calm down it's okay I'm living in a larger body. That's my life experience. And, you know, I wear plus size clothing. So I'm plus size. I'm fat. I belong in those spaces. Um, And so some people really say, like, don't use other words. Just call me fat. Some people aren't there yet. Like, I know people that, you know, grew up their whole lives hating that word. And so, but they're finding more comfort in, like, plus size or you know, whatever else it is. So I think it's really specific to each person. But I hope that in general, we can all like unlearn that fat is like bad, you know? Absolutely. I also appreciate you really digesting that and like breaking that down for us a little bit more, Um, especially because there's so many things culturally, specifically relating to the baby boomer generation, the Gen Xers, And even like the millennials growing up during all of those times, I mean, even thinking about people like my parents who they grew up with like not movement to feel good, movement to look skinny. Like it was never about really the endorphins you were getting. It was always culturally about how you could look your smallest and be your smallest. And in some ways, I personally think that that is what shapes the culture around the discussions about fatness, about body image right now is really their bias being imposed on us who are Gen Z and millennials from a very, very young age. So I'm interested to know if you have any experience or also even any specific knowledge or thoughts on the way that generational, uh, I guess, like growth or generations um, have changed and shaped this space yeah that is such an important thing as well especially when we're speaking about baby boomers like my parents are boomers and so they raised me in a family of diet culture and for them that was normal because that's what they were raised in and um and it's so interesting to now see like our generation like I'm like right on the cusp of like millennial to Gen Z. You're the Gen I'm like, millennial. I'm like, think right on the deadline. I'm like 1996. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never heard oh that, God, but I love, love it. it. Um, so I think like, like our generations that are finally being like, whoa, this is super messed up. Why are we still subscribing to this? Um, and like doing that unlearning ourselves. Like, so for me, I've done a lot of work with my mom to try to teach her like, hey, 
we don't actually have to hate ourselves anymore. Like, it's okay to accept who we are in these bodies, not spend our whole life changing them. And it's really hard because, like, my mom is 60 and she's like, well, Rafaela, I've spent 60 years believing that fat is bad, that my body is bad. Like, how do you just change that suddenly, right? So I'm seeing in her, like, these slow shifts of like unlearning so many years of that ingrained fat phobia where even for me I'm like okay I'm 26 I've I think that's been like forever you know but I'm like okay at least I'm glad now that I'm able to change those thought processes and I'm so passionate about helping other young people and even people younger than us like so they don't even have to start there they don't even have to hate their bodies they don't even have to like you know, have restrictive diets or end up with eating disorders, you know, like, can we prevent this so people don't spend a lifetime in this shame? Yeah. And you also mentioned another thing, which definitely is tied to body image, which is the concept or the the mental health diagnosis, um, not necessarily even of eating disorders, but other mental health issues and conditions that cause us to believe certain things that are just like not true would you be able to share a little bit about your condition and how that's impacted your self-worth and your view on yourself yeah yeah so I'm diagnosed with a handful of mental illnesses it's always great um I have generalized anxiety disorder so which means I'm just anxious like all the time about everything um I have depression, even though it doesn't appear as depression. Like I, for a long time, didn't think I had depression because it doesn't, it's not the stereotypical, like laying in bed all day crying. It's more just like, I don't know, it just appears differently for me. But the big ones are massively affecting me that I'm still learning about is ADHD. And then this year I was diagnosed with OCD and also, um, I never knew I had an eating disorder, but I was diagnosed with atypical anorexia, which is literally the same thing as anorexia. It's just like, you're not mm-hmm. underweight, but it's literally the same thing. So it's a lot to deal with and navigate, and it feels like a lot, but at the same time, they kind of all blend into each other and affect each other. So it really, it makes a lot of sense, but I'm slowly navigating this and trying to unravel all these different things. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you for sharing your diagnosis with us. I'm wondering if you've ever thought about or received, uh, what's the word, like advice about like the mind-body connection and also having a psychology degree. I'm sure you know a lot about the mind-body connection and how they kind of, like you're saying, feed off of one another. Um, What's your concept on like holistic approaches to healing chronic conditions or mental health issues or even these physical issues, like, you know, body image uh, issues that we might have? I know this is also kind of a random question. I just thought of it on the moment. I was like, okay, I feel like this is a good time to say this. No, but I love it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm totally, I love random thoughts and things. I think this is really important to think about. And so I, so that's okay. I'll start off with saying like where I'm coming from and my experience and how maybe that forms my opinion. So even when I was first, first learning about my anxiety, the doctor told me to just eat healthy and go exercise and that'll help. And which is like uh, there's a lot of things it's like yes of course and like there's actually a lot of science about how movement and exercise really does help so much and um but at that moment that doctor didn't know anything about me didn't know anything about my lifestyle all they knew is that I was fat right like this fat kid sitting in front of them that's the only thing they knew and he didn't want to give me medications he just said like yeah pretty like you know kind of low-key just like go lose weight go be healthier and lose weight and then you'll be fine 
And uh, yeah, that like didn't work. So like for me, it's like, okay, I know that like I'm on medications, I'm on antidepressants and a stimulant for ADHD. And I'm hoping to see a psychiatrist soon about OCD and like anxiety management for that. So for me, it's like, okay, the whole like just lose weight, just be thin and that'll solve your problems. Like that's a big thing that fat people are faced with in, you know, medical circumstances, which is really, really harmful. And I also know that medications aren't for everyone. And I respect people who take them, who don't take them. For me, it's one of the things that has changed my life and like improved my quality of life like the most. So for me, I'm very like, okay, whatever works for you is awesome. Um, so when I think holistic, I guess I think of the people that are like, don't take medications, just drink this magic thing or just go for a walk. And, but I don't want to, you know, whatever works for someone is amazing. And I'm so happy for them. And I hope we can get to a place where we can have like all the options on the table and people can try, try different things, see what works best for them and not like put down anyone else but were there certain like holistic things that you were like thinking about that like either work personally for you or you've heard about not not necessarily I guess uh this will go into our next segment a little bit but more so thinking about a lot of these trends of like oh drink some chia seeds it's like an internal shower for your gut or like what I eat in a day videos um which I want to get into that like in a little bit. Um, But in terms of the holistic stuff, I guess it's like you're saying, it is really subjective. I've also been told, you know, work out, exercise, do this. And one of my limitations is my chronic illness, my chronic pain. I physically have a hard time exercising. So therefore that's led me to have a weird relationship with my body where like I've never been quote unquote fit exercise hurts my body, which in turn hurts my mental health. And from there, I also am in this place where I'm like, well, what can I do? And how do I also love the body that I'm in when like, it literally hates me and I'm in pain all the time. So for me, it's caused a lot of like, dysmorphic imaging, I think, not only like when I look back in the mirror, but in my brain. Um, And again, I want to go deeper into this when we start to talk about social media. But right now, It is water break time, so if you have some water, I'm drinking Zen water today. This is a new favorite of mine, if you're not familiar. Their bottles are supposedly made of 100% ocean-bound plastic, which is cool, I guess. I don't really know how it works. I don't know how recycling works. I should probably learn that at 24. But (laughs) Um, anyway, here's some little water ASMR. Now I'm going to drink it. And that's my reminder for people in my shows to drink their water or a beverage or whatever, just to stay hydrated because we like to stay hydrated over here. Um, So, yeah, um, in terms of other holistic approaches, I mean, some people say things like acupuncture or, you know, cupping or this and that lymphatic drainage is going to lead to like catalyst uh, for the weight loss or catalyst to help you look certain way, which obviously like I think you and I both know it's not about like really losing the weight. It's about feeling the best in your body and finding that out can be really challenging. And I know like I've had the privilege of being like a white woman with access to excellent doctors in New York City um, with a mom in healthcare and also, again, being in New York City. So I've had the opportunity to see people that, quote unquote, know what's going to be best for me and have helped guide me to find things like water aerobics, which like really helps me physically. Do I, does my body change the more I exercise? Yeah, but that's going to be true for anybody like you're gonna feel a little bit different you're gonna get stronger and that's what I've found um to I guess at the very least be really reassured by like the work I'm putting in and at the end of the day that's what our relationship with our body is about is the work we put into it um so 
to completely switch up the subject a little bit, I wanted to talk about what specific experiences or instances led you to start sharing your journey with body image and activism online. Ah, um, oh my gosh. I feel like I struggled in silence my whole life. Like I was very much just relying on myself, trying to survive life, trying to survive high school. And when I was in university, I was like, not okay. I was like, just beyond stressed with schoolwork. And I was just like, I could feel I was at like a breaking point and I didn't know where that breaking point was leading me, but I was like close to rock bottom and I wasn't able to access mental health services. And I tried so hard. I, you know, I I tried to be involved in the mental health system. So I knew where to go. I knew how to talk about my mental health. I didn't feel shame about it. And I still was not able to access it. And I was so mad because I have so much privilege as, you know, a white woman, English is my first language. Um, Like I'm okay speaking about my mental health. And even I was not able to access what I needed. And I thought about all the other students on campus, all the other young people who do not have that, who do not have supportive-ish families, who do not know how to speak about their mental health. And I thought if that was someone else who was turned away, I bet that they would never speak up about their mental health again because it was so invalidating. Like my experience just did not matter. And I turned to social media, um, you know, using Instagram recreationally. (laughs) And I started just speaking about my experiences and my anxiety and all of that. And it was interesting people messaging me being like, oh my gosh, I've never spoken to anyone about my anxiety before. Or, you know, I think I feel this way too, but I don't know how to get help. Like people were just opening up to me and I was like, whoa okay, why aren't we talking about this? No one's talking about this. What's happening? And I think I got to a point where I was just so broken down that I was like, I don't even care anymore. Like I want to share about my mental illness. I want to share about my body image issues because if I can help Mm -hmm. someone else to not go through what I was going through, I'm like, then it's all worth it, right? Like then I could stop this pain from someone else having to experience that. And so that's just what I was doing. And for so long, about two years, I was like really like consistent about it and speaking up and my voice was just like not being heard. Like I was not reaching any audiences. I was, my content was just not being seen. And I felt so discouraged, not in the sense of like, oh, I need fame. Oh, I need attention. But just like, how am I gonna reach people? How am I gonna help people? if no one can hear me and I made a post in 2020 about that being like okay there's all these like thin white women talking about like self-love body positivity and you know or, or talking about things that I'm talking about like as an actual fat person someone living this experience you know when someone who's thinner or prettier or slimmer is talking about it they get millions of likes millions of followers And yet I know like myself and other fat people, other activists trying to talk about these things or like the real root of these issues and not being heard at all and how that's so frustrating and not that those people don't deserve it. Of course they do, but it's like we need to spread it out. We need more voices to be heard. The actual people at the root of the issue need to be heard. And uh, that post accidentally went viral. Uh, because I was talking about some specific influencers and that made people really mad. I didn't think anyone would see it. You know what I mean? Um, But it went viral. It was crazy, super overwhelming, but that was like kind of my ticket to being heard for what was like the first time of like, whoa, people are listening now. I can talk about fat phobia. I can talk about thin privilege. I can try to use what platform I have to help uplift other people who are also not being heard because once I get a seat at the table, 
okay, my work's not done. I need to look to my left and right and be like, okay, who's next? Right? Because that's what I wanted. I wanted someone to pull out a chair for me. So I can't just take this for granted. And that's something I have been really falling behind lately is like, okay, I need to back up. I need to see who else is here and their voice needs to be Mm -hmm. heard now. Yeah. I really appreciate you going so in depth here. And I think that it's a really beautiful thing that a lot of activists and advocates online for whichever kind of uh, marginalized community or oppressed community they're a part of does. And it's the common interest in helping other people feel like their mental health and their thoughts about themselves and their life experience are not singular. And I think it's also honestly quite ironic that social media is the platform that we do it when it's oftentimes the thing itself that is inciting these conversations and like bad thoughts that we have with ourselves. So I definitely just also appreciate your your thought process there. And in terms of your viral post, obviously that went pretty, you know, I'm sure that was pretty wild for you. Um, that also probably came with a lot of hate and a lot of really challenging, uh, you know, things being thrown at you. Maybe even, I, I don't know what the extent of it was in terms of what you dealt with uh, in the media, but you know, were there times where you're like, I don't know if I should keep going. Um, how did you manage all of that hate and how did that really affect what you're doing? Or was it just like the fuel to the fire? You're like, haha, mother is like, I'm about to change the world now. Like what was your, you know, what was your experience? Oh, I wish it was that last one. I wish I was, co- I wish that I was confident enough to be like, ha, it's, working you know like no I was extremely anxious and stressed out and I I don't want to hurt anyone I'm such a people pleaser so I was immediately like horrified I was getting like thousands of comments and dms every day of saying I'm such a horrible person like how could I say that um and I was just like no 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 like I'm not you know, a lot of things coming out of context of it's like, well, why can't I love my body too? And I'm like, no, that's not, that's, that's not the conversation. Of course, like anyone can love and hate their bodies, like no matter their size, the conversation was really about, okay, like, let's understand the differences between how you feel about your body and how the world feels about fat bodies, because that's different, right? Like, a thin person can a thin person can absolutely have body dysmorphia can hold that shame that frustration that fear and they can walk into any store in the world and buy clothes they can go to a doctor's appointment and receive help and not just be told to go lose weight and those were just the conversations so i was oh, just trying so hard to not be misunderstood to you know, constantly be like clarifying things, explaining things. And I really didn't want to dismiss people. I really wanted to take the time to hear people and hear their frustration and also be like, yes, like that point is valid. And this is what I'm saying instead of just like, ugh, block, 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 block. Because I think I was so afraid. I thought I was like, okay, this is my one moment. This is my only moment to talk about these things. Then people are going to forget about me and it's all going to be gone. So I need to take this time and use it. And people made like YouTube videos about me, like really hateful, like fat phobic, like clips of what I was saying. And then they talk about how horrible it is. And there was lots of, there was some articles written and saying like, oh, like, fat activist slams like bikini influencer and I was like I'm not and it was all about like the bikini influencer it was very focused on how great they are and how they're doing so much and I was like this isn't what any so it was a lot of frustration I think and being like no I'm not trying to hate on people I was just more expressing my own frustration and wanting to bring people in instead of like calling them out 
And there was about, I think, five influencers in my post I was talking about. And I spoke to each one of them extensively. Some of them were super, super defensive and dismissive. And some of them were very lovely and were like, oh, my God, like, you know, I'm really uncomfortable, but I really appreciate this conversation. Like one of them being the bird's papaya, Sarah. And, you know, we had a lot of conversations. I was on her podcast after and we talked, yeah, in depth about these things. And it's it's a tough space. And I have so much sympathy for people because I know we're all just doing our best. And for me, so that was such a draining time in my life. Like I was constantly anxious. Like I was on my phone for hours and hours and hours every day trying to like soothe mm-hmm. people, right? And I am still so passionate about everything I said and all of this work. And for my own mental capacity, I've honestly backed up so much. And I feel a lot of shame about that too. I feel like oh, I should be out there trying to change the world. I should be, you know, doing this nine to five. I need to be, I need to be as radical as I was. I need to be as outspoken as I was. I don't care if they don't like me, but I'm not now. I'm like, okay, like I can't keep burning out. Like I, maybe I'll just like take, I'll take a step back. Maybe I'll post a cute photo instead. And it's not getting the same engagement and it's not what I'm passionate about. But I don't know how to find that balance now of like, okay, how do I take care of myself and my own capacity and try to make waves in a way that could help shift social media? Because as you said, like, right, social media also is a space where we do a lot of comparing ourselves and looking at things. I'm like, okay, but how do we change that? Like, how do we shift that? Or at least can I be one small voice in the sea of creators telling you that oh you don't have to look like that or you don't have to hate yourself like how can I be loud enough to drown out some of those other people who are profiting off of other people's insecurities right absolutely and again thank you for like really going in depth there and I I think that it's like you said it's needed I think also within the body positivity movement like you're saying it's about yes making everybody feel at at peace with themselves and I know within this space there's a lot of terms like body positivity body neutrality body acceptance um body image right um and I I was doing some research probably like two years ago and uh uh essentially the the concept was about exactly what you're talking about it was in 2020 maybe perhaps i even like read your post and i just didn't put the two and two together until now um but about the concept of slimmer like white women and other teenagers talking about like you can have like a mustache and you can have body hair and cellulite and stretch marks and blah blah, blah like love yourself and then calling it body positivity when the body positivity movement was actually started by like fat black women and that was created as a a, like a safe space to really speak up about the history and the systemic oppression that women um and all people in larger bodies experience and so part of what i think is so great about what you do is you're firm on like this is literally the facts this is the history of body positivity. It's not like a new profound concept. The way that things have been painted in social media has been white women capitalizing off of consumable content. And like, I've been there too. I live with a chronic illness, like I mentioned before. I've had issues with my body. But once I learned about all of the body positivity history, I shifted more towards body acceptance more towards body inclusivity, because those are the proper terms. And it's really not a hard switch. It's literally jargon. But sometimes, and especially if someone's looking for searchable content, I think it's really important to make it right. Um, And I also think that's a huge part of social media literacy that we're missing. We're missing having the the fact-checking and the looking over for sources and being historically accurate. And that is one of my biggest frustrations and my biggest issues um, 
with a lot of these influencers online. So um, all that to say, I I really just appreciate you hosting uh, at least a, 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 what's it called when you start, start a fire? Uh, what's it called? The stuff that you started T- yeah, yeah, yeah. T- tinsel no that's for christmas tree like yes you initiated the fire exactly not me calling it tinsel which is literally for christmas trees um <laughs> i'm dead um i literally <laughs> um i i i'll it'll come to me randomly and i'll be like wow that's great gg i know what you mean like that those like really small pieces yes. of wood that you use to start yes. a fire what the hell is that called Oh my god, now I'm like tinsel. I'm like, it's not tinsel. It'll it'll come to us. I'm sure it will. Yeah, Um, 100%. So that said, you obviously saw all of this viral success. It, I'm assuming, changed the trajectory of your career. You went from potentially doing this as a hobby to now doing this full time, right, as as an activist. Um, So I'm wondering also. Yeah. Um, about how you post on different platforms for different communities and how you really have leaned into creating unique content that's native for Instagram versus TikTok versus Twitter, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's hard. First of all, social media is not easy. And I think people underestimate it so massively, especially because so much of it is free labor of like, yeah, you're spending your free time and money trying to build things, trying to create things, trying to create content, and then, you know, get dabbled with sponsored posts here and there. Um, And it's so tough. Like at first when I first started I was like okay I have to just be authentic to me there's so much you know facetune and photoshop like I really like need to be myself and I need to be authentic of like what I wish I could see growing up um or you know if I could show my body the way it is then maybe someone else can be like oh my body kind of looks like hers and that's awesome like maybe I can actually accept myself or like kind of allowing people permission to accept themselves or accept, you know, different versions of themselves. Because when we don't see anything in the media, well, then we don't think that that's possible. We can't visualize it otherwise. So at first I was just really focused on being authentic, sharing my stories. And that resonated like really hard with people and, now like uh, I know you know Instagram's like shift to reels and video and it's like okay like now when I share like yeah an authentic post it's like we're back to like people not seeing it and I'm like oh my god so I'm trying to yeah shift to more video and short form content and but the problem is like I'm back to playing the social media game of like okay it has to be palatable and it has to be trendy and how do I get my message across while still being cute so that people actually see it and it's a frustration like I'm not gonna lie I wish I could just sit here and just speak exactly you know what I want to say and how I'm feeling without my content being not just shadow banned but just you know kind of silenced by different platforms so it's kind of a mind game of like okay how do I spread my message in different formats like you said for different platforms in ways that are palatable and consumable and and I doubt myself right like that's another thing is like I always I mean my whole life I always thought like I'm not doing enough I'm not trying hard enough I'm not doing things well enough and I'm trying you know through lots of therapy like unlearning that like no okay like whatever I have the capacity for is good enough and it is fine and you know, things don't have to be perfect and shiny in order to be good and in order to be meaningful. And like a big thing is I unfollow a lot of accounts that make me feel bad about myself because I think, oh, my content doesn't look like theirs. Look how good they look. And so I'm like, okay, Rafaela, like I need to back up and think, okay, I can't be that person because that person already exists And they're doing a really good job of being them. So if I try to be them, I'm just going to be like a shitty version of them. So why not be the best version of me instead? 
right? So I'm really trying to hone in on that, stay true to myself because we need to be the change we want to see in the world. And even if that's social media, it's like, okay, how do I not conform to the exact ideals that I hate in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. Again, like couldn't agree more. And I I think it's so hard to not compare yourself to others, especially when there's these like just perfect looking people. And in some ways, I mean, whether it's scientifically confirmed or not, the algorithm does oppress larger bodies. The algorithm does oppress disabled bodies. It like suppresses black people, indigenous people, and it promotes skinny white people. So I think it's also a conversation that needs to be had not only like with social creators and again in in media literacy and representation across all forms of entertainment, but it also needs to be a conversation where it's like, it's not like, hey, like, let's get these like, you know, plus size creators in a corner at their own table creating like content. Like, it's not like that. It's more like, I think like some in one of the articles, someone just said like, hey, we want to see the table, like, just like invite us. Like, it's not like we need something all glorified, although it's important to just have these conversations and also be on panels, right? I think talking about these experiences is really imperative. So in terms of working as an activist, um, have you had any unique you know, experiences or public speaking um, or really other, I guess, avenues that you've been able to share your message other than social media? Yeah, and that's been such a beautiful thing that's actually come from, you know, my like Instagram and such is being able to speak on panels or have, you know, being attending events. Um, this fall, I'm going to be a judge for like some a mental health awards night, like things like that, that it's like, okay, maybe these are other ways in which I'm actually able to make a difference. And I want to keep going, right? Like I want to keep growing past. So not just not to leave social media, but to extend it beyond, you know, our little iPhone screen to be able to help shape systems and policies. And so people are actually listening can actually make the changes that need to happen in the world because sometimes it feels like we're just like screaming into the void hoping someone can hear us so when people come to you and they say like yeah I do value what you're doing I do value your words um I mean it's just it makes it all so worth it and I would love to be able to continue having these tough conversations and yeah, hopefully it doesn't stop here, right? No, I definitely know it won't with your motivation and also your passion. I think that's something that people can lose when they go through like being trolled online um, and, you know, things like that. I'm wondering if you have any strategies for really staying confident and firm uh, amidst all of that negativity and how do you stay so positive? Hmm, that's such a good one. The biggest. And also, I was gonna say, also if it's like, if it's like a no, and you're like, oh yeah, like I actually like am not okay all the time. Like I just like post. Like that's also fine too. Obviously, I go through that a lot. Yeah, I mean that's such a good point too. That it's not all sunshine and rainbows, and sometimes it is really hard. And um, so when things do get harder. I mean, obviously, it's about like, you know, giving yourself a break and taking care of yourself first, because I've gone into burnout where I'm like, I just need to keep going. There are people to help. We can't make a difference if we're just sitting down. But then I kind of realized, well, if I don't take care of myself, you can't help other people because you have nothing left to give. And it's not selfish to make sure that you are okay first. And I still have to remind myself that sometimes, but the biggest thing I would say that keeps me going is just remembering like someone asked me once like, okay, who do you hold yourself accountable to? Like in the work you're doing and everything you do, like who are you accountable to? And that's the biggest thing is like, I have to keep going or I want to keep going 
even yeah with the hate and the trolls and the I don't know if I can say bullshit but the bullshit sorry is like okay those people who need someone the people who are afraid to speak up for themselves or the people who aren't able to use their voice right now or the people who are trying so hard to be someone they're not the people who think that they are bad as a person that this is their fault that they are something that needs to be changed that they're wrong that they're a burden in this world that's everything it's like okay I need to put my own ego to the side for a second, right? Like about not worrying about what people think of me or how I'm presented or how I'm perceived. But okay, if I can be real and vulnerable and myself, that's going to help the right people. And the people who don't like that, the people who think I'm whatever, I don't know what people think, you know, but like maybe if people are more fat phobic or just don't like what I'm doing. Okay. But they're not the people who need these messages. It's the people who understand what I'm saying. The people who resonate with, you know, my experiences of fat phobia, mental illness. And that's, that's it. That's what keeps me going is thinking like, no, no, like even though I might feel not positive or I might not believe in myself like someone not just that someone else does but if you can make a difference in someone else's life like how could you not right Right? absolutely and again that's something I think is so important and special about advocates and activists and we've really found a way to articulate stories and put them out in a digestible way most of the time with, you know, concrete evidence and or factual, uh, you know, resources that we've really researched in, uh, I guess, to to figure out ways to actually help people um, with. But we did skip our middle water break. So if you want to grab some water before the last... 10-ish, 15 minutes of the show party, people. Now's your chance to hydrate because we like to be hydrated here. <laughs> I like that dance. It's giving, like, uh, remember when everyone was doing to the, like, the, like, into the thick of it dance? That's what I was, like, reminded of. Do you know, do you know that one from TikTok? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what that little movie is giving. Yes. Um, <laughs> I can't. I'm dead. Um, great. Perfect. Well, um, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, I feel like we've really covered so much ground in such like a great amount of time here. Um, I am wondering also if you could dive a little bit deeper into, I know we touched on it briefly, but like your thoughts on using the specific words to kind of describe what's happening in the world right now with body inclusivity, body neutrality, body acceptance, body positivity, like when and how should we use them and how can creators that do create content about their body be more aware of all of the oppression that exists to larger people? Oh, that's so good. And that's such a good thing for us to talk about so in general like I thought body positivity was what it sounded like right being positive about your body yeah but uh that's not it it's like body positivity as you know is rooted in like the fight for equality for fat bodies and other marginalized bodies disabled bodies queer bodies and yeah as you said specifically for like fat women of color fat black women And it's not just about, oh, self-love and, you know, self-acceptance, but hey, we deserve to be treated equally in this world. We deserve equal rights. We deserve to have access to public spaces. We deserve respect and care and all of these things. And then through social media, it just kind of became watered down into kind of like the equivalent for self-love, right? Self-acceptance, body positivity, And then in doing that, which is, there's nothing wrong with, you know, the promotion of body acceptance and self-love, 
it was just that was so loud that it kind of fizzled out the real work that was being done surrounding like fat liberation um you know unpacking like the racism associated with fatter bodies um all that kind of work and so it's like okay how can we you know hold space for everyone and all bodies while still centering the people living in the most marginalized bodies because they need it the most right so like for example you know it's like you know we say all lives matter versus black lives matter and people argue like well it's true all lives do matter and it's like yes and we're not focused on all lives like right now we need to focus on the problem same thing with like well yeah of course all bodies matter of course i'm not going to argue and we need to focus on the people living in the most marginalized bodies because they need the help and support so that one day all bar- all bodies can be seen as equal in the world and equally respected so we can do it all at the same time so if you're if you're like living in a more privileged body i mean we all have different amounts of privilege right so for me even in the fat world i'm still like a small to mid fat so i'm still someone who I can still buy in stores, like even in plus size stores, I have like, I don't have as much trouble, like fitting in airplane seats or, you know, like I still have that privilege where someone fatter than me, who maybe has to buy two airplane seats, who maybe is harassed in public because of their size, who maybe can't even fit into plus size clothing stores. Like I need to recognize my privilege. Like, yes, I belong or like I'm affected by the systemic oppression of fat bodies and I'm still privileged because I'm on the smaller side of that spectrum right so I so then my work is in getting my voice heard and making sure I'm passing the mic to the people Mm -hmm. in fatter bodies in like physically disabled bodies to be like okay now what's your experience because you need to be heard as well And so I would say the same thing in someone like with thin privilege, it doesn't mean like in a thinner body, that doesn't mean that you love your body. It doesn't mean that you don't suffer from eating disorders or body dysmorphia. It just means that people treat you better in the world compared to if you were living in a larger body. And so it's like, yes, you can use the words, you know, so maybe when we get back to words, it's like, self-love body acceptance and body neutrality being like you know your body doesn't have it's not good or bad it's just a body it's just a vessel that Mm -hmm. carries you through the world something that needs nutrients and energy and it doesn't hold a positive or negative value and that's really helpful for people you know working through like eating disorder recovery being like okay I don't have to love this body that doesn't have to be the goal for some people Maybe just accepting it and not hating it and seeing it as a neutral entity in my life, maybe that's good for me, right? And for some people, that's where they are. And for some people, like like myself, I try to move more to the positive acceptance, confidence space because I've hated my body so long that it feels like neutral is not enough sometimes, especially mm-hmm. when you receive so much hate constantly. I'm like, I almost want to work towards like self-love, body love to kind of like counteract when I get those really negative or harmful comments and words to kind of like help the backlash perhaps. So I would say people in these spaces, yeah, like find the language that fits you best while also being mindful of the language that is used in different activate, like different activism spaces and make sure that if you're speaking about yourself your experiences that you're also seeing like okay where are my privileges and who can I amplify right now so if I'm really self-conscious about my body maybe I post a bikini photo and I'm like yeah love your body and then maybe the next day I say hey here's this account by this fat black woman who talks about this 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 because just love me loving my body 
yes, that's radical, but we also need to amplify other people's voices who need to be heard. Like for you, you talk about chronic illness. Mm-hmm. I don't have like a physical chronic illness. So I'm like, okay, right. That's not my experience. That's not mine to speak about. Right. So then I need to pass it over to you. I need to pass the mic to say, okay, like, let's hear about you. Let's hear about how, whether it's like an invisible illness, like how is that impacting mm-hmm. your body image? How can people be respectful of you? How can we help uplift you and your needs? You know, a disabled person, like a fatter person, that's all it is. It's not about shutting people up. Sometimes, honestly, if you have, if you're taking up a lot of space, maybe it's about not going away. Maybe it's taking a small step back and holding the door open for the person behind you saying, hey, come on in. Let's do this together. Yeah. Because I think that was the biggest thing that people were afraid of is, wait, so I can't, I can't talk about this. I'm not allowed to love my body. And it's like, no, of course, it's amazing. But we can't stop at the acceptance of like, already like normalized bodies we have to go beyond that because that's gonna uplift everyone together right if we all unlearn fat phobia it's gonna help everyone no matter their size Mm -hmm. yeah wow that was very in-depth but so succinct it was beautiful to listen to you speak and I agree. I think that's like one of the primary drivers to create everything you need is within was to pass the mic. It was to hold a space like this, to have a conversation where also we could talk about certain privileges we have, but also how we've used that for good and for change in the world. Um, I had a conversation about privilege today with one of my friends who's like financially privileged, like has like her family's got a boat. So she was mentioning this concept of like, I want to make a post about how like I'm in the, you know, like, and metaphorically, like I'm in a boat and I'm like driving my life and like, blah, blah, blah. But she was like, I feel like it's going to come off feeling very privileged. And I was like, that's because it does. And it is, but like, how can you also talk about something else? And she turned it into this really kind of like poetic statement also about how her parent, her father was like an immigrant. And it was really interesting because then she also is like the daughter of an immigrant. She could talk about that and then she can pass that off like you're saying, to a different community and other people now come together and are having a very unique discussion about certain elements of their life, which is also the beauty of storytelling that I really have enjoyed. Um, Two more questions for you real quick. So do you think uh, that there have been, you know, changes that have happened in, in good ways, you know, since uh, you've started also since the pandemic really with, uh, in terms of brands being more inclusive, um, also celebrities taking action, creating bigger sizes like Lizzo. Whoops. Sorry. Dropped my phone. <laughs> I like threw it off the table by accident. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm just curious what you think about, you know, brands including and like making the shift to also include plus size women, um, even brands like Aerie and American Eagle and Abercrombie and Victoria's Secret. I mean, some of them are doing it. Is it performative? And do their, you know, actual store sizes and their warehouse sizes and their production actually match what their advertising does? I like this and I'm a, I'm gonna be honest like I'm pretty salty yeah. you know as a person who my whole life I never had access to clothing it was like I never could buy what I like I could only ever buy what fit and it was all about hiding my body as much as possible so now that there's like slightly more sizes and more you know brands are expanding I'm like okay thanks but like it's like they're doing like really really the bare minimum and so first of all, like capitalism is uh, is a very big monster. It's unstoppable. Right. And so I would say at, at the forefront, it's about money. It's about the marketing. It's the publicity. And I could say, yeah, there might be good intentions behind some of it too. Um, Abercrombie and Victoria's Secret, I'm the most salty about because they spent a lifetime on being exclusive and discriminatory and extremely fat phobic. So I'm like, okay, you're a little late to the game. 
um, you know, they see that their numbers are dropping and they're like, oh, crap, maybe we should let fat people have clothing, too. <laughs> like, um, maybe, maybe we less. should let certain people feel good in different clothes. Like, when you say it out loud, the logic, right. it's just like, how could you not include certain people? Like, the logic. Literally, okay, the... Oh my god, the thing that blows my mind is like think about shoe sizes. It's not like like you know, all shoe stores kind of carry all shoe sizes, except for like maybe I won't say like you know, if there's it's very, very like off. But like imagine if shoe stores just carried up to like a size like six or seven and then stopped. I would cry. And they were like, we just don't carry above a size seven, and the whole world just accepted it and we were okay with it. We were like, yeah this is the normal foot size and if you don't have that like you're abnormal you're wrong and now and now it's like finally stores are starting to carry like you know more and it's like well this is the way it always should mm-hmm. have been it's mind-boggling to think that for so long we were all just like this is fine yeah this is just fine that they don't carry like human body sizes you know, it's like, it's not because fat people were seen as optional. You know, it's seen as extra, like, oh, here's our extended sizing. Look at us. When it's like, no, this shouldn't be extended. This should be the size. This is just normal sizing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do for sure know what you mean. Exactly. So it comes down to money, right? So like even Old Navy, I don't know if you know, uh-huh. they had like a bod or body equality yeah. campaign where they're like, yeah, plus sizes in every store. And then they just rolled it back. They just announced that they're like removing plus sizes out of a bunch of stores. Not all the stores, but a lot of them. And the fat people are pissed. We're like, wow, that was great publicity. But they're like, yeah, you know, the straight size people are just like upset that we're running out of stock in their sizes. So but it's like, well, you know what I mean? So like I see that and there's there are brands that really care, typically smaller businesses. Um, and I still think we should be supporting brands that are, are expanding because even if it is a publicity stunt, like I hate that, but I also like still need clothing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like I hate that this is just about money for you, but I still need to own clothing thank you very much because we don't have options we really don't and I want to start my own clothing brand because of this because I think why are we giving our money to people who don't care about us and they just want they just want the money right so yeah um I totally get that and I also appreciate you you know talking about it because when you put it in the context of like shoes even I'm five four and I have a size nine, nine and a half. And that's like considered a big foot for somebody who's short. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. have at times had trouble finding shoes. And I'm not trying to dwindle down, you know, your experience even with clothes, but just to put it into perspective, I think it it definitely is like, wait, we're doing this with with feet, like our our feet, the shoes we walk in have uh, much more uh what's the word like I guess spend or much more of a place in capitalism and in American fashion Mm -hmm. even international fashion um than the clothes that we wear it really doesn't make sense um which is just it's a really great way to think about things so I will be probably twiddling my thumbs thinking about this for the next like couple of hours um separate than that um I just wanted to wrap up because we have been chit-chatting for quite some time today um I wanted to ask what your favorite quote is oh my god I don't know if I have one uh I think right now my favorite quote is that rest is productive because I really struggle with that myself thinking I always have to go 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 it's like no taking care of yourself and resting and doing what you need is actually helping others you know if you need to reframe it it actually is it actually is giving you the capacity to do what you're passionate about so rest is productive my friends yeah I really, really enjoy that. And that is a perfect way to end this very in-depth, succinct 
Beautiful episode. Where can everybody find you on social media, etc.? Yeah. I mean, the benefits of having like a weird name is that it's pretty easy to find me. Rafella on Instagram is like Rafella underscore Mancuso. And I think pretty much everything else is that as well. Um, I get more in depth in things on my Patreon, which is easy to find as well. But yeah, I'd say that Instagram is probably the main place to hit me up if you need to DM me or whatever, whatever. It's all good. Oh, amazing. Well, Rafella, thank you so, so much for coming on. This episode was one of my favorites so far. You're so fun to talk to. You now have a friend in New York whenever you need to do anything here. Uh, Please hit me up and we'll hang out in person. But thank you again. You're a total gem. And I can't wait to like create some content together someday outside of this of course more content together yeah literally (laughs) you will and you can always you come here anytime we'll go to Banff we'll go look at the mountains or something okay like go rest in the mountains (laughs) well anyway people make sure you come and listen to the next episode we are going to be having a really incredible money expert on um and yeah stay tuned for that but I will see you later bye guys